0: If you're a first or second time guest with us this morning or watching on Facebook, we're really glad that you're here and watching because today we're continuing a series based on the book, The Church God Blesses by Jim Cimbala. Jim Cimbala started an incredible ministry in New York City. Uh, What's the name of the church, Angel? Brooklyn Tabernacle. Um, So, man, you go online and read the story of what's going on there and what's happened over the years. It's amazing. Our goal is that you'll just be blessed by being with us, but most of all, that you will be transformed in the presence of God today. And maybe that's already happened. Hold on to that. Because we're going to make some decisions at the end of this that will change your life. I just want to do a quick review because it's been two weeks. Uh, Pastor Brenda spoke to us last week on righteousness, which was incredible. Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about how the church is one of our enemy's special targets. By the way, what vehicle does the enemy typically use to destroy the church? What vehicle does he typically use? Us. What vehicle does God typically use to bless the church? Us. Very good. So, what team are you playing for? <laughs> Here's how we ended our time together, and I think, listen. I think this is crucial. I want to repeat what we, the way we ended last week, and the reason why I'm doing this little review is um, your pastor happens to be very aware that our enemy right now, I want you to listen to this, our enemy right now is using sexual sin to, dest- to try to destroy our momentum as a church, and obviously his goal is to destroy you. So I'm just giving you a warning this morning be on alert in the area of sexual desires and temptations because slowly one by one he's trying to woo our people away from God's blessings here's what we said don't stop believing right that was the title of the message don't stop believing in what God has made real in your heart no matter how hopeless your situation may feel God is able to fulfill his word concerning your life, your ministry, and your church. And this is what we have to be aware of. All of hell is working together to keep us from pursuing what God has promised us. They're on a mission. Are you on a mission? They're on a mission. The enemy puts every object in our way in order to cause us to fear, to become discouraged, and then finally to give up. But people who are blessed by God must persevere no matter what, right? That's what we said. Because if the enemy is on attack, it must mean that there's a spiritual breakthrough that's about to happen that's right around the corner. And I'm just saying right now at this crucial moment, there's a huge spiritual battle going on in the heavenly realm. And you need to be alert, especially in the area of sexual sin. Be strong. Don't give in to the temptation. Do what the Bible says and practice self-control. Say no to the flesh and yes to the Spirit. Right? If we want to be a church that God blesses, I'm going to bounce off Brenda last week. It's coming. God's going to speak it. There we go. Thank you, God. The people inside that church need to choose righteousness. If we're going to be a church that God blesses, if we're going to be a, peop, a church where we have to purchase 15 buses because we're busing people in from Michigan and New York City and Florida just to come to our services, the people inside this church must choose righteousness. We cannot be drunk on Saturday and come to church Sunday. Can't. That's not righteousness. Sorry. Now some of you know very little of you know because I don't like run around and tell everybody this because then I get harassed a lot. But some of you know I've been trying to walk every day to try to lose weight. Uh, to get, I had to take last week off because my calf, you know, just, listen, when you take 20 years off of walking and then you just all of a sudden walk down Maple Ave and come back up the other side for 14 days straight, your muscles say, nuh-uh, uh-uh, you ain't doing that. And it, one, of my, one of my calves literally knotted up. And it took a week for it to go away. Daniel wanted to rub it, but I said, no, thank you. I'm just joking. He didn't. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I know. I wasn't stretching before I was walking. Listen, I've been talking and talking about it. I've made resolutions, and I've never followed through with it. Motivation, follow through, and procrastination have always been an issue in my life, especially when it comes to eating right and exercising. And then all of a sudden, I went to the doctor. You know, you know... I already know what the doctor's going to say every time I go. What do you think he says? You need to You need to lose weight. And I reached a weight that scared me a couple months ago. And I knew at that point I had to take it seriously. So please don't say it's because I'm turning 50 this month that I'm having a midlife crisis. It's because of what the scale said to me. I mean, when you get to a weight and the scale starts blinking and an ugly face comes up and starts to scream, Ah! Get off me! No, I'm just kidding. Do you know, unless I add to my exercise eating better, I'm probably not going to get the results that I really want. So I'm just wondering this morning about you. Can you kind of relate to what I'm going through? Have you ever gotten to the point with your weight or your health that you knew you had to do something, that you had to diet real soon? Don't raise your hand. Maybe you're here this morning and you're one of those weird skinny people who can eat whatever, Whenever and as much as you want. And never gain a pound. If God would allow me to hate you, I would. (laughs) But I'm not allowed to. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) But for those of you that don't struggle with weight, I know you struggle with other things. The point is this. I think, in your notes that we are sort of programmed, educated, and worried more about our physical bodies on earth and less worried about the eternal destiny of our souls. This is what we hear and this is what we see in magazines and commercials. Diet and nutrition are two of the hottest topics around and the source of a billion dollar industries. And those in those who are educated in this field, this is what they're going to tell you. Energy levels, emotional stability, clarity of thought can be dramatically affected by what we eat. Now, I want you to spiritualize that. Don't get caught up in the physical body here. Let's, let's think about the spiritual body. Energy levels, emotional stability, clarity of thought can be dramatically affected by what you eat. We know this, right? That's where we get the saying, you are what you eat, which means what we take into our bodies does affect how we feel, think, and live. It does. Health problems, energy levels, and mood swings are often related to our diet. All of that is true and good. However, in your notes, we are not just physical beings, we are also spiritual beings. More importantly, we are spiritual beings. Why is that more important? Because the physical being is going to die. But your spiritual being will never die if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah? I may be 50, but I'm going to live forever. What does Shelly say? Is that how she says it? I'm not growing old. I haven't even started my childhood in heaven See, angels can get or angels, animals can get away with just eating from the physical realm to stay alive because they have no spiritual nature. In your notes, you and I, however, not only have to eat from the physical realm to be healthy to grow, we must eat the proper food from the spiritual realm to be spiritually healthy and to grow spiritually. Let me repeat that: we must eat. The proper food from the spiritual realm to be spiritually healthy and to grow spiritually. We are not just physical beings, we are spiritual beings. Have we forgotten? That is why God spoke these words through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 55 of Isaiah, verses 1 and 2. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you have you who have no money, come, buy and eat, come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? Why spend in your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest of fare, which means the finest of foods. Okay, we're talking heavenly food. The big question Isaiah is posting here is, are you getting what you need? Are you getting what you want? And he answers the question by telling us in so many words that there is a satisfying life. If you wish to see it and taste it. It's there. Things won't satisfy. Just ask Solomon. Pleasure will not satisfy. Just ask Samson. But God does satisfy. And I know some of you have heard this 50 times, so why are you still playing around in the world? You're still empty. Still searching, still looking. And right there it is. I want to give you water, wine, and milk, and bread. I want you to eat what is good, the finest food in life. The words water, wine, milk, and bread refer to an important spiritual principle that none of us are exempt from. None of us can get out of this, and it is this in your notes. Just as physical problems result from improper diet and a lack of vitamins, spiritual problems often result when we are spiritually undernourished. Spiritual problems often result when we are spiritually undernourished. Just as diabetes, high cholesterol, and other physical ailments can be treated by a change of diet, many of our spiritual ailments can be transformed by following a simple but radical change of diet. You are what you eat. In your notes, the spirit of man or woman cannot be satisfied apart from God. The spirit of man or woman cannot be satisfied apart from God. Come by without money and without cost. This stuff is free. Money cannot buy it. Do you realize that the best things in life are free? Air? Hello? Free. Now, a couple years ago you could say this and not have an argument from your crowd, but water from a spring, free. Okay? Okay? love is free faith is free hope is free when are we gonna wake up folks and get that there is no peace or satisfaction in the things that we are chasing when are we gonna get it and finally surrender one of the problems we have in the church is too many Christians are in denial about what's causing their problems Way too many believers are born again according to Scripture, but at the same time, they are ill and weak due to spiritual malnutrition. And that is why so many believers are walking around joyless, depressed, unfruitful, giving in to sexual sins, and probably divorced. I want you to think about this for a minute. How can a believer fight the good fight and stand strong against our enemy when we barely have a spiritual heartbeat? When the enemy attacks, it's not a physical attack, it's a spiritual attack. And if we're not strong spiritually, we will not be able to stand. How can a church make a positive impact on its community when it can't even get its own members to read or study or pray or eat together? Right? Do you feel bruised yet? Let me be more specific. Out of 120 people that, maybe even 150, that say that this is their church, why is it that only two to four people show up for prayer on Sunday? Just asking. Why is it that only nine people are showing up for a Bible study on Wednesday? Or that almost no one is inviting anybody over to their house for fellowship? Do you know that only one-third of all church-going, professing Christians read their Bibles during the week? One-third. I just, I just want you to think, this isn't about beating you up. Is it any wonder why believers are spiritually sluggish and an easy prey for the enemy? I'm, I'm actually wondering if the church isn't beginning to lose its testimony. Have we lost our witness because people in church are in a comatose state? The good news is, God clearly promised that He satisfies. And He said it in Psalm 107.9 when the psalmist said, For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. See, this thing can be turned around. I may not be speaking about my church, but someone listening is thinking about their church and they know their church is in a comatose state. They haven't been effective for years. There hasn't been a baptism in five. hasn't been a salvation in ten. Maybe that's not our church, but only you can ask yourself, what is my role in my church? What is my role in the kingdom of God? Have I been in a comatose state? Have I been stuck for ten years when God promised me that He will satisfy me if I'm thirsty and I'm hungry? So that's the question in your notes. Who does He satisfy? Look at the verse. Those who are thirsty and hungry for more of Him. Right? But how can we experience these things if we never sit at His table and eat? So our natural bodies know the satisfaction of eating a good meal. But what happens to our spiritual man when we lose interest in spiritual steak and spiritual potatoes? Our spiritual man can only be nourished when we eat and drink from God's Word and when we receive the refreshing water that comes from the Holy Spirit. Want to know why complaining is at an all-time high? Want to, why, want to know why we almost never hear joyful praise at work? Because believers are not eating right. Do you know that a church that is blessed by God is joyful? Do you know that a church that is blessed by God is loud? Do you know that a church that is blessed by God is a singing place and a dancing place? Kind of like your living room when the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing. Hmm. And all God's people said, ouch, I worship the Steelers better than I worship God. That was the point. It's, it's sad, but we do. Sports teams, we are more ecstatic about sports teams than we are the man who died for us. Have you ever wondered why some believers live in a state of permanent spiritual infancy and never grow up? The problem is what they're taking in spiritually. 1 Peter chapter 2 gives us God's nutritional guidelines for spiritual growth. I love the word they use here. In your Bibles, if you could circle and mark it and underline it. I, all I did was underline. I tried to figure out how to put a circle around it, but I'm just not computer literate enough. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that those are the key words and all throughout the Word of God so that by it you may grow up in your salvation see this is proof right here that once you're saved that's just the beginning of your journey it's not hey I'm saved I have a free ticket to heaven I can just sit and relax the rest of my life and do whatever I want because God will forgive me no this says crave spiritual milk after your salvation There's a growing up that has to take place. In your notes, believers who don't continually drink the pure milk of God's word remain babyish, and I looked it up and it's a word, and unstable. Babyish is like having the attitude or behavior of a baby. Why does God hate me? Oh, honey, it's love. He's taking you through this so you can be stronger. Because this is a little attack from the enemy. Wait till you see a big one. you got to make it through this one. Because you have no idea what's around the corner. I do. Don't blame me. I'm not to blame. Sin is to blame. And honey, hang in there because someday, either you're going to be here and you're going to watch me wipe it out or you're going to be with me helping me wipe it out. Wow. But you have to hang in there. You have to keep craving more of me. You have to read your Bible. You have to pray. How about this, folks? How about listening to your pastor? How about doing it? You know why your pastor says it over and over and over? Because almost every sermon he preaches, he sees it in the Word of God. Read, study, worship, pray. The basics of Christianity. And we've gotten away from it. The reason that believers remain babyish and unstable because they're not drinking is because they're neglecting the spiritual food that will help them grow, right? So the principle goes even deeper when you think about many believers who do drink spiritual milk but they never get off the bottle. How would you respond if you went over to Steve's house house, and saw him sucking on a bottle while Jen was feeding him baby food? How would you think? How would you respond? It'd be weird, wouldn't it? Whoa, I will come back another time. But that's exactly what can happen spiritually if we don't maintain a balanced spiritual diet. It's basically mature Christians still sucking on a bottle. Well, not really mature Christians. It's just a believer who doesn't really want to grow up. They want to stay stuck to the pacifier the rest of their life. The Apostle Paul, when writing to the Corinthian church, uses milk and food to warn them about this danger. In 1 Corinthians 3, 1-2, this is what he said. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. Paul was basically saying to them that there's so much more for you to learn than just the basics of Christianity. There's so much more. But until you stop being worldly, you won't be ready for solid food. So listen in your notes. To grow spiritually, we need to be aware every day of the needs of our spirit man. To grow spiritually, we need to be aware every day of the needs of our spirit man. Because when we neglect things like Bible reading, prayer, worship, and connection with believers, our problems and trials and situations will consume us. They will. When those trials, situations, problems are supposed to help us grow spiritually. But if you neglect the basics of Christianity, those things will consume you when they're supposed to be there to make you stronger. By the way, has anybody in this room, don't raise your hand, maybe, maybe, has anybody in this room has lived this life so far and been able to avoid a trial, a situation, a circumstance, or a bad thing in their life? Or even the loss of a loved one? I, I bet if I asked for hands, not one hand would go up. So what is, what is that saying? It, 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 the Bible is the truth, and it says trials are coming. Be ready. No one is more aware of our need for spiritual food than our enemy. Let me repeat that. No one is more aware of our need for spiritual food than our enemy. Do you know that most of us don't think that it is a demonic strategy to cut us off from our food supply? It's a demonic strategy to cut you off from reading your Bible. It's the enemy's strategy to cut you off from talking to God. And it's the enemy's strategy to make you stay home with your computer rather than hanging out with other believers right. and if you are falling for it he's winning right. Right. A computer falls into phones, tablets. yeah they know what I mean yeah electronics right they're good for for some things but we have to be careful that they don't control our lives even last night as we were sitting in the living room you know, Ernie and Lynette always always mentioned it. They look around our living room and everybody's like this. I got convicted. I put it down after a while. It took me a while. I just got to get past that next level. <laughs> the word of God says that our enemy goes around like a lion looking for someone to devour. Well, how does a lion choose their prey? How does a lion? Weak and young. Weak and young. Or, iso- or isolated. If they can isolate someone. Do you realize that our enemy is less likely to choose a believer who is strong in the Lord? Why would he if there's a weak one over here? Why would he mess with you? But a weak believer, someone who's discouraged and worried and fearful, someone who doesn't trust God anymore, someone who doesn't have their armor on, because remember this church and this church, all of us wake up every day and we pray the armor of God on the way to work, right? 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 That's what we're doing. And there's only six pieces. You can memorize them. I try to do it from the head down so I don't forget the pieces. Every day, we're praying the armor of God on. The enemy's more more apt to go after someone addicted to porn. Someone who's drunk from too many drinks. How about a believer who's too busy? Or tired? Or distracted? Right? So there's lots of things. Satan's goal in your notes is to disconnect us from intimacy with God and fellowship with believers. Now, we just did a whole series on the intimacy with God. You can get that series and listen to it online, or I can get it to you on CD. This is huge. One of his goals is to disconnect you from intimacy with God. But listen to the other one. Another goal of his is to disconnect you from fellowship with believers. Why would he do that? Because there's no accountability. One of the reasons why we don't hang out with Christians is because we don't want to be accountable for our actions. We don't want them to know what we're doing Monday through Saturday. It's true. We got to get back to fellowship people. I don't care if that's an old church word. What are you going to do the fourth of July? Just hang by yourself by a fire, or are you going to invite a family over from the church to get to know them better, to share your struggles and pray with each other? Not that it has to be a spiritual campfire. You don't have to sing kumbaya. But let's get to know each other. Let's get to know our struggles and, and our and our strengths and our victories. Do you know one of the things that the enemy is very aware of? He's aware that there is strength in numbers. In this passage that we just read, we're urged to come to the waters that satisfy. He invites us to come to the place of refreshing so that we don't starve and shrivel up. This is awesome. This is a great message. I know I've stepped on your toes for the last 20 minutes. But listen, He has provided all we need. That's the good news. We don't have to go to the world to be satisfied. We have everything with God that we need. But what good is the finest food if no one comes and no one sits and no one eats? Why live on the junk food of the world when all it leaves you is empty and unfulfilled? Maybe you're here today and Satan is trying to block you from receiving spiritual food from God. His presence, His grace, His mercy, His love and His forgiveness. If you believe today, you're here today and you believe that you're not worthy, you're not ready, or you're not smart enough to come to God's table to eat, God is saying to you this morning, come and get it. Ding, 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 ding. Come and get it. If you can get past all those lies from the enemy in your notes, everyone, everyone who consistently eats God's Word and drinks of the Holy Spirit will taste and see that the Lord is good consistent intentional purposeful you put whatever word you want in there or add words everyone who consistently eats God's Word and drinks of the Holy Spirit will taste and see that the Lord is good when is the last time you tasted and seen that the Lord is good if it's been a while if it's been a while if it's been a while, maybe you're tasting the wrong food. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, there are people here I just sensing in my spirit so strongly that have not tasted and seen that you are good in a long, long time. Lord, they have gotten caught up in their trials and circumstances. They've allowed anger and bitterness towards other churches, other pastors, other people, other family members, coworkers, their boss. They're caught up in this life in the physical realm and they have forgot that there's a spiritual realm where God supplies all of their needs. In the name of Jesus, as a body of Christ, Father, whoever those people are, Lord, we are asking, Lord, that you just rip that junk and those lies out of their soul and fill their spirit with you so that they can taste and see that you are good. Help them to experience your presence in a real way in the name of Jesus right folks Wow I can't imagine going very long without knowing that Jesus is just real and good and if I've got pictures of pornography in my head and I try to meet with the Lord I can't feed myself with that stuff if you're gorging yourself on everything the world has to offer but nothing of God don't be surprised if you're spiritually unhealthy If your devotional time is kind of like grabbing a donut on the run, then don't be surprised if you're spiritually sluggish. You're going to feel that way when devotions are just kind of grabbing a donut on the run. Earlier we mentioned the word discouragement, which is a lack of hope, which our enemy loves to use to take us out of of the race. He loves to attack the believer with discouragement. And we get so discouraged so easily anymore. And I'm convinced now after, after writing this message with the help of that book that it's because of our diet. That's why we get discouraged so easily. Listen in your notes. When our body needs energy, what do we do? We eat food, right? But when our soul needs hope, what do we feed it? Does anybody know? You kind of have a hint in your... In your Notes, if you look. There's only one word missing, but you should be able to fill it in. The promises of God. That's what you feed your soul with. The promises of God. Why do we feed our souls with promises? Because promises have to do with future. Our hope is always about our future. Let me ask you, when's the last time you were hopeful about your past? We're hopeful about our future. We learn from our past. But we're hopeful about our future. And I'm not even talking about heaven. I'm talking about today. Are you hopeful after hearing this message that your life is going to be changed after today? That discouragement and worry and fear will no longer be able to be in your spirit because you know what God says about you in the Word. I want you to watch this now. This is our big statement for the day. If our future is promising, our soul will be hopeful, even if our present is miserable. Wow, that's a mouthful. If our future is promising, and it is as believers, our soul will be hopeful, even if our present is miserable. Now we're going to say this together, ready? If our future is promised, that's really weak. Forgive us, Lord. Let's shout it. If our future is promising, our soul will be hopeful even if our present is miserable. Put that on your mirror. Put that on your refrigerator. Both physical and spiritual nutrition are important because we always become what we eat. But, we must take greater care to feed our souls. Because there's much more at stake. So let me clue you in on something in case you haven't heard this lesson in life before, okay? Ready? In case you never heard this before, let me clue you in on this. All the food that the enemy offers you is tasty, but it is also temporary. It's hopeless. It's short-lived. I want you to think about it. What is the trap of addiction? To deliver a fast buzz of false hope. That's the trap of addiction. The buzz that most of us seek after is always followed by guilt and shame and emptiness. It never delivers the happiness it promises. And then what do we do? We are sent back seeking another fast false buzz. And it's an endless cycle until we die. Do you know why we will never be satisfied with what our enemy has to offer? Because our souls are designed to be nourished by God's precious and great promises that's why the enemy will never be able to satisfy us our souls are designed to be fed by god and his promises not by meth not by alcohol you can't feed your soul that way i want you to watch this this is huge second peter 1 3 through 4 his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life let me let me repeat that Because some of you really need to let it go of an addiction right now in this one statement. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, through these things, what? The divine power, right? The glory and knowledge of Him and the goodness of Him. Through those things, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate. Wow! Wow! We get to participate in the divine nature of God having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Think about this. I I, I really want you to think about this. Really deep. We get to participate in the divine nature of God and yet we choose alcohol, food, porn, and meth over that? It's pretty sad. The guy who created all of this. We get to participate with him. And we're choosing. We fall so easily to the enemy. Ah, oh, I've got something much better for you than that. You're going to have to wait for God to satisfy you. You have to wait till heaven. You don't want to wait. You've got to live now. Well, first of all, who said you had to wait till heaven to participate in the divine power of God? Amen. We're supposed to be going to work and into the grocery store. We're supposed to be healing people. We're supposed to be walking in it now. We're supposed to be setting people free from their addictions, not joining them in their addictions. Right? Come on, folks. We have, the, we have the same God who raised Christ from the dead living in us. The power of the Holy Spirit. What could possibly give us more hope to our sinful souls than Jesus' promises? What did He promise us? He promised to forgive all of our sins completely. He promised to remove all of God's judgment and wrath on us. He promised to always be with us. He promised to give us eternal life in God's presence with full joy. And listen, pleasures forever. So you can have a two-minute pleasure here if you want. I'm shooting for an eternity of pleasure. Uh Uh-huh. You see the difference? This is why Jesus called Himself the bread of life in John 6.35. I am the bread of life. Eat from Me. And watch what happens. Okay, so what does this mean for you and me in closing? In your notes. What do we need to do to change our diet? It's just like with any natural diet that you go on. I had to do this. I had to stop something old and I had to start something new. In the morning, I had to stop sitting in my recliner and I had to start walking down Maple Ave. And I think I started way too quickly and overdid it. But, and I'll get to that in a minute. We have to ease into it sometimes, right? Especially when it's new. But that, that's the main point. You have to ask yourself today, what do I have to stop that I've been doing for so long that is getting me nowhere spiritually? And what do I need to start? And if it's going to be a struggle, I need to ask somebody to help me. Here's the church answer to that question. What do we need to do in order to change our diet? And it's a good answer, and it's the truth, and it's just like any other natural diet. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's the church answer. Some of us just have to change our thinking and habits when it comes to what we are feeding our flesh and souls. Change your mind. Let God renew your thinking. Just like with any diet, you're going to have to be intentional about this. It's going to take a work, it's going to take a lot of work, and it's going to take you planning it. But do you realize that habits and tastes will change over time? And here's what I mean I I remember when I gave up Pepsi, I was drinking a two liter a night. Now, that may not be a lot now, but back then I got picked on a lot. They couldn't believe I was going through a two liter night. And on the weekends, Ask Angel, I was going through two two liters Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday night. And so God convicted me because I was listening to a sermon from my pastor just like you do. And I sat there and thought, well, I'm a pretty good boy. You know, I'm 30 some years old and I don't really have a lot of addictions and things to give up. And so I think I'll just, uh, I'll just check out of this altar call. I'm, I'm all right. And all of a sudden, guess what he said to me? Pepsi. Pepsi. And I went, yeah, but, you know, I I need liquids. I mean, my body needs nourishment. And he's like, Pepsi. Pepsi. You're addicted. No, no, I could give that up any time. And he said, okay, do it. And I went home and I told Angel, don't buy any more Pepsi. I'm done. And let me tell you, I suffered major, major headaches. It was really hard to give up. But I persevered. And eventually, I couldn't stand the taste of Pepsi. To this day, I can't drink Pepsi. When back then, I thought I couldn't live without it. You know, I don't know this, but I've heard that the same is true with cigarettes. That you go from thinking that you can't live without them to almost vomiting from the smell of them when you quit. That's the point I'm trying to make here. I think sometimes we just have to say no to something and persevere through it long enough to the point where God just goes, poop, it's gone. And you're not going back to that. So like I said before, some of us just need to ease into this new diet of Jesus' food. You need to be patient, but don't give up. As you begin this new diet of spiritual food, which is feeding the Spirit, not the flesh, I know that without a shadow of a doubt, you will start to feel better reading your Bible, praying and worshiping, hanging out with Christians, you will become spiritually healthier. You will begin to grow and become wiser. I know for a fact. And best of all, you will live longer. Do you get that? That's the eternity piece. Remember, you are what you eat. Every day and all day. Eat the Word of God. Drink from the Holy Spirit. Drink from the Spirit that lives inside of you. Are we good? Well, this is such a simple sermon. Read, study, worship. Hang with believers. It is. Christianity is easy. It's not supposed to be difficult. We make it difficult when we intermingle sin... With the holiness of God. We're the ones that make it difficult, not God. And He's even given you all these people in this room to help you read your Bible, pray, worship, and hang out with. Take advantage of them. We're here for you. Everyone in this room, look around right now and just go, okay, who would I like to hang out with? I know, she's the bomb. You're right. One of the granddaughters pointed to her grandmother. My grandmother. She's awesome to hang out with. That's probably because she gives you money, but she'd probably give me food, though. Let's take out our connection cards. I hope you guys are blessed by this and you don't walk away feeling like I just browbeat you. It's not what this was intended for. This was, listen, you have everything you need be aware that the enemy wants to rob you of that. Don't give in. And listen, remember what I said in the beginning. There's a specific spiritual attack right now in the area of sexual desires. Married men do not fall for that. Married women do not fall for that. Single young people, older people that are single, be on alert. The enemy is trying to draw us away with sexual desires right now. If you've said no in the past, say no in the present. No, I'm not going back. I started something new. I'm not feeding my flesh with that anymore. Because I know what the enemy does. Oh, you only have three beers a night. You're not drunk. So do you know what... Almost every Sunday, there's at least four groups in the room. And and one of those groups is someone who has never asked the Lord into their heart ever before. Some of you keep checking this box. You've asked the Lord into your heart, but you keep checking it Sunday after Sunday. I have news for you. You don't need to keep doing the salvation thing over and over and over. You only need to do it one time. And just because you felt maybe sinned or talked bad to your wife or husband, it doesn't mean that you have to get saved again on Sunday. You just ask God for forgiveness and then ask them for forgiveness and the slate is clean. But if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, check box number one so we can send you something. And basically, you're asking God to give you a hunger and thirst for Him. But if you just have walked away from church, you've walked away from God, you're asking God to renew your mind and give you a fresh vision for your life that includes His Word and His Spirit. And you don't have to understand what all of that means. Check the box. Make this decision in your heart. That's what you're really doing. And then there's two other groups, and these are directed towards believers. The third box is actually for believers who have seemed to be stuck. And you are asking God for a renewed hunger and a thirst for His presence, His Word, and His Spirit. And then the last one is for the mature Christian, people that have been following Christ for many years, to ask God for a deeper hunger and thirst for solid food from His Word. Lord, show me things that I've never seen before about your heart and your character. Open new visions for me. Check that box if that's you. We're going to close in prayer together today. We're going to do something different. We're actually going to read a prayer together. And then you're you're invited to just hang out and worship if you want to come up. Uh, Remember the three-minute rule. Three-minute rule means in the first three minutes after a sermon, you go talk to someone that you do not know yet. So don't come to me because I know most all of you. Right, And that frees me up to go and talk with some guests. Do you get it, how it works? Amen. Let's read this prayer together in unison. Ready? Lord, help us to value and enjoy the table you have prepared for us. (laughs) Sorry. Give us the discipline and desire to take in the Word of God daily. Let it dwell in our hearts and transform the way we think. Fill us over and over again with Your Holy Spirit as we pray, worship, and wait before You. Make our church strong and healthy in Christ. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great week.